Hello, and welcome to Spotty Translation, the only anime podcast where half the panel hates anime but loves puppets! I'm your host, Zachary, and with me today once again is Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello, Zachary. How are you doing? I am doing great, especially considering that we just got finished recording an hour of another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I am always ready to talk about Thunderbolt Fantasy. So... Well, luckily, this is I'm exciting for me. I'm especially fresh because I was only recording like the last 30 minutes of that podcast because I'm late yep. and bad at my job. Matt, but you know, you're still here and you're still here to, to talk about puppets with me. I am here to is, talk about puppets. Yes. Which is the reason for the season. <laughs> puppet season? Yes. Yeah, puppet season, the season that lasts all year. For me, it does in my heart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we've finished up season or season two. Nope, that's not a thing yet. Uh, Episode two of season one of Thunderbolt Fantasy. So did you want to give a summary of it? Yes. So uh, first and foremost, uh, so let's just sort of do a small little recap of the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Basically, uh, we basically were introduced to a number of characters um, the Don family guards a sword, man wants to take the sword, brother's killed, sister sister gets away, a uh, man who does not want to fight is forced to fight, kills a man, now everybody wants him dead. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> and there is a mysterious vagrant who is able to use magic with his pipe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know more, listen to the first episode, or maybe mm-hmm. just go watch it. Previously uh, and listening on to this, Yeah, if you're listening to this, um... You probably have already watched episode two of Thunderbolt Fantasy over on our over at our good dear friends over at Crunchyroll. If not, you should pause this and go and go watch it right yeah, now. Yeah, Crunchyroll, our um, unofficial sponsor. That is the same joke that's even made every episode. Mm-hmm. Last oh, season. really? Well, I, I <laughs> yeah. need to you know carry forward tradition. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we can make them our official sponsor. Yeah, if if, if only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So beginning with episode two, we are greeted once again with a bit of uh, exposition of a narrator explaining that uh, the world was once under um, under some chaos known as the War of Fading Dusk, in which in which in which humans were under attack by demons and the humans prayed to the gods and the gods gave them weapons to which they could drive back the demons. Most weapons did not survive, but a few did. And those that and those that did survive are now kept uh, basically under lock and key uh, to basically prevent anybody from using their extraordinary power for uh, nefarious purposes. Uh-huh. Yep. That's all accurate. Yes. So we now cut to um, our three primary protagonists, if you will. Uh, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just going to use the Japanese names from now on, except okay. for when we introduce a new character, which, I, which I'll also use the Chinese name. Yep. Uh, we are introduced, to, or, or rather, we now have uh, Rin Sitsu-a, which is the austere snow crow, the man in white with the pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Shofu Khan, the unconcerned with dying young. And then we have uh, Tanhi, which actually her Chinese name is Danfei, which I feel is a little easier, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then her is the vermilion uh, kingfisher. And these, th- and basically, at this point, um, uh, Tanhi or Donfei tells us that she is guarding a part of one of these swords that that was used to seal away the demons during the War of Fading Dusk. And her brother had, and her and, and her brother had the other piece, which he was dead, rather, which he was killed. And then the Bones of Creation, our primary antagonist, took it from him. And so she now guards the she now guards the remaining piece, and the sword shall remain safe. Until 
until he is able to obtain her piece of the sword. Um, of course, Austere Snow, Snow Crow wants to prevent that from happening, uh, which he says it is just, you know, the, the, the duty of any man to help protect those who cannot protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but our protagonist, though, Shofukan, wants, well, he wants nothing to, to do with it. He just wants to go on his merry way. This is not his war, this is not his battle, and he leaves. Um, there's, a, there's, there's actually not a lot going on in this episode. Really not? It's, yeah, it's pretty calm. Yeah, it's, it's mostly, uh, it's, this is mostly used to set up a big conflict in the next episode. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he pretty uh, much just, yeah, it's pretty chill. Nothing really happens yeah. until the last, like, five minutes. Yeah, which, uh, after this, we cut to uh, the Bones of Creation, uh, Shinra Kototsu, who basically uh, gives his speech as to why he wants the sword. And it's really, it's really actually nothing special. He just, no. he just likes swords. I was really he surprised just wants by to that. Collect it. Yeah, <laughs> he's not yeah, like I will bring to destroy ruin the to world. the land. He's like, it's really pretty. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, that that that's actually part of why I do like this series so much is just mm-hmm. because, like, you know, in most in most fantasy narratives, like, you know, usually the antagonist, like, you know, wants the all powerful sword to, like, you know, do something, and he's just like, I, I just, I just like swords. Uh huh. <laughs> He just collects and he awesome will swords. Do, and he will do horrible, horrible things to complete his collection. Yep. Pretty much. Like any good collector. Yeah. I'm sure you do the same for your collections. I've, I have done so many You know, your almost things. complete Funko Pop collection that you're oh, just... Jesus, don't even kid about that. <laughs> oh, I hate Funko Pop so much. What about... Okay, what about Thunderbolt Fantasy, but all Funko Pop figures? I would... <sighs> I don't know if I could live anymore. You know, it takes like 50 years to that. become a master Funko Pop animator. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, uh, okay, so after this, we go back uh, mm-hmm. to Tanhi and Rensetsu Ah to where he is to where he is writing letters uh, to to requesting for help on his on on his journey to uh, basically protect the sword and to get Tanhi back home. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's about it. We just we just know that, you know, he has friends. That's good to know. I kind of assumed yeah. he didn't, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do kind of assume that, you know, like, you know, he's sort of a loner, especially because yeah. he does seem a little off putting. Exactly. So, you know, it seems it seems weird for him to have friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does kind of sort of maybe. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or he's exactly. just trying to impress her. Uh, so then we cut back over to Shofu Khan walking through a village, and everybody is scared of him. This is the best and... part. The animation of the villagers was my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> it was like the Muppets. It was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Like during that scene, like I was uh, reminded of in the of in the Dark Crystal. Whenever mm. the uh, whenever the big scarabs like break through the wall, mm-hmm. and then the little dudes just go running everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was just delightful. I loved the overdone animation for everyone. Just terrified. Yeah, uh, and with this, it is revealed that he has a bounty on his head, and as well as um, the group that is after him, basically yeah. tells everybody that if they even do business with them, they yeah. will be considered in- they will be considered like an enemy of the state. It's kind of like a reverse bounty. Instead of being like, "Hey, we'll pay you to turn this guy in," it's like, "If you talk to this guy, if you if you do business with this guy, we will murder you." So just exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, Not these guys fun. are doing a lot just to get a sword. Yep. Uh, so after that, um, uh, Shofu Khan is just miking his way through the forest to where he runs into our first new character this episode, 
uh, Rui Yan Chuanyang, who is, which is a Chinese name. Uh, his Japanese name is Egon Senyo, and which means keen-eyed sharpshooter. He wears an eye patch and has a bow. Yep. And he asks him if he is Shofu Khan, to which Shofu Khan just says, basically, like, you know, like, who's asking? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then basically, and then basically, um, uh, uh, Aegon Senyo is like, well, if you are him, just know that there's an ambush waiting for you. Mm-hmm. So, which he just is like, okay, just whatever. Cut so to ambush. Goes, <laughs> yeah. So he goes forward and is ambushed, uh, to which he is confronted by Limei, or in Japanese, uh, Ryo Mi, which translates to char- which translates to charming huntress. I did not find her very charming, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah, and she wields uh, sort of like sort of like a dual like handheld blade things that are sort of like a gauntlet blade. Yeah, kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Uh, and basically, uh, she tells uh, Shofu Khan that she isn't angry that he killed her comrade. It's mm-hmm. just that she has shamed the entire, or, or or rather that he shamed the entire group by dying in battle. And yep. so she wants to basically save face for the entire group by killing him. Yep. Actually, I believe that she says that um, if he were to come back to life, she actually would send him back to hell herself. Yeah, she didn't seem like a very big fan of him. <laughs> uh, which, of course, uh, we learned previously, actually, in the part where we learn that the Bones of Creation just, just wants to collect swords. Uh, she actually wants to kill him to gain favor with him because it seems that perhaps she has um, some, maybe some kind of, like, uh, romantic attachment. Yeah, to him, I was trying to figure out if she wanted power from him or she wanted... Yeah, it was it was not clear to me, but I wondered that yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so, a fight begins, but they are soon interrupted by what is arguably the best character in the entire series. <laughs> uh, Hanhei, or in Japanese, uh, Kankaku, known mm-hmm. as the Frozen Wonder. Yeah. Who is a young man with a spear, and mm-hmm. he is very hot-blooded and is ready to take on everybody. Yes, which ironic name, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before they can actually begin fighting, an arrow comes through the woods and hits one of, and then hits one of the enemy soldiers in the face, killing him, and then basically everybody begins to be killed by a barrage of arrows. Yep. And we all know who that is. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe the guy to, we saw earlier with a giant bow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to which, to which, uh, Kan, to which, uh, Kankaku, the Frozen Wonders, basically just like, man, ruining all my fun. Yeah. Ugh. And basically just, uh, tells uh, Shofu Khan to just, like, you know, just to stand still, let him just, like, you know, kill these guys. He'll be done in, a, he'll be done in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which, at this point, uh, uh, like uh, Li Mei and the rest of the enemy soldiers basically uh, become little orbs of light and fly towards him to take him on. Yep. What is that called? Uh, like meteor walking or something? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they confront him, and here we are uh, introduced to him for realsies because he is the character in this episode who has a soliloquy. Yep. And Brian will be reading it for us again <clears throat> in his dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. As thou those who... No. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> 
as there are those who see nothing with bold eye, both eyes. Sorry, I'll start over. <clears throat> as there are those who see nothing with both eyes, there are those who can see vast distances with one. My gaze is the path of an arrow, piercing those who fail to turn away. You know, the, all of these things really remind me of the Soul Calibur announcer. Like, <laughs> at the beginning of a match. I mean, I feel that, I because, like, you know, like, since Soul Calibur is sort of, you know, like, a weapon martial arts game. Yeah, I wonder I if that's almost that feel from. like they might actually, like, you know, like, be taking that. Because, yeah. I mean, like, these, because, like, those sequences are basically, like, you know, like, ripped straight from Chinese martial arts films. Yeah, and it's often, like, explaining the character and their motivations. They're just, like, off yeah. from the homeland and seeking glory. Interesting. That is actually maybe yeah. the same source. But, yep. Yeah. This guy is Could pretty be. cool. This was a good yeah, scene. This, yeah, this guy, uh, he fights, and, well, so he's surrounded by three people, uh, and he, and then, and then at this point, um, he knocks, uh, three arrows to his bow. And uh, Li Mi is basically like, ha ha, you may be fast, but you're not that fast. You can only kill two of us. Uh -huh. And the one who remains, they will definitely kill you. To which he turns up and shoots all three arrows in the air. Yep. To which they rush him and he knocks them all back, kicks them all back. And then they go sliding backwards. And then the, and then the arrows come down and hit the two grunts in the head. But due to uh, Li Mei, uh, perhaps... Uh, as he says that um, uh, he um, uh, overestimated her, she actually fell down after yep. he hit her. Thus, thus making it so that the arrow just barely missed her. Yep. It was a very poignant scene about him talking about yeah. how you can't choose the place you die, etc., etc. Yes, and how I, actually, yeah. I actually have that because it is one of my favorite quotes ever, <laughs> which I will... Uh, I will also send that to you because I want you to read it as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is a because very... Because it is like my... It is like top five lines. Yeah. If you think people can choose how they die, you're gravely mistaken. You dogs don't realize that your place of dying has been chosen for you. Brings in all that fate stuff that, that's yes. pretty awesome in shows like this. And it, it fit very well with what he was actually doing. It was a really good scene. It was the action scene of the episode and it did not disappoint. Yes. And I believe that after uh, she barely survives, he basically tells her that she is now free to choose how she dies, and she had better choose wisely. Yep. And so she ran away. Yes. <laughs> to which uh, Shofu Khan shows up and is basically like, hey, what's up? And then basically he's like, are you Shofu Khan? And he's just like, who wants to know? And then he shoots an arrow at him. And the episode <laughs> ends on the yes. cliffhanger of cliffhangers. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty curious where that'll go. So, so Brian, yeah, uh, what did you think of episode two? Uh, uh, yes, uh, this episode. Do the episodes have names? Really, uh, yes, this episode is titled "Attack of the Jean Guizong." Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was definitely slower than the first one. Um, yes, I I was kind of sad that there wasn't more puppet fighting action because that's the best part of the show. The show's good, but oh my gosh, for some reason. The the like the action scenes in this show get my blood pumping more than pretty much any like anime or animated yeah. show, even though it's puppets. It's really yeah. weird. It's just how the music and camera and everything's done. It's wonderful. It's so incredible. And so I was kind of related with the Frozen Wonder when that fight was about to break out and then it got interrupted. I'm like, oh, man, they don't get to fight. <laughs> that's that's disappointing. I wanted to see what this guy could do. Um, but that ending scene kind of like that to me was like the centerpiece of the show is kind of build up for that. Um, yes. And what a character introduction. That was that was really cool. I liked that a lot. So a little bit slow. I didn't like Purple Hair Lady. She was boring. Um, but otherwise, I, I thought it was a pretty good episode. And again, the, the 
the animation of the townspeople was wonderful (laughs) that will stick with me uh what about you how do you view this show in the bigger context or this uh, episode in the bigger context yeah so uh yeah sort of like in the in the the largest context like you know back when i first watched it's like you know i'm definitely with you um this but like but like but but, like but like rewatching it it just Mm -hmm. makes me sort of like it makes me giggle in terms of how they like introduce characters and then how they are going to resolve them later on Mm, got it and it's just very interesting just to see like because because there actually will be episodes later on because I feel that I feel that the first episode sort of maybe like oversells it a little bit because yeah. it's like mostly like all action. Exactly. And there are actually some episodes in which they literally just sit around talking the entire episode. But <laughs> That's it's good. fascinating though. Like yeah. I mean, like I do feel that this show is like so well written that like that like you're just as invested hearing them just talk. Uh-huh. Yeah exactly so it was uh i i don't mind that there are slower episodes but like you said the first one just kind of like the first one is like basically action scenes a couple lines of dialogue and then more beheading puppets uh yes. so yeah they kind of wanted to put their best foot forward but it was really fascinating watching the animation of the puppets after we talked about it last week uh, i still need to watch episode zero for that kind of like behind the scenes yes. bit but yeah, uh, I which really actually mm-hmm. i should actually mention i did i did neglect to mention one thing about this episode in that uh like immediately after the scene in which we learn that the bones of creation only wants to collect swords he is uh-huh. just a collector um uh the austere snow crow actually tells uh don fey that um that that the bones of creation actually wants the sword to do terrible evil upon the land. Yeah, I was wondering so about there, that. Yeah, so there, so there is a conflicting narrative here. Who's right? <laughs> yeah, that that's actually a good point. Maybe the uh, maybe they're being misled by Mister um, Mister Whitehair. Maybe he wants the sword for himself or something. Uh, that's interesting. I I noticed that kind of conflict, and I was wondering if just maybe they uh, maybe that was just unsaid from the villain, and maybe he is planning to do that. But I kind of like the idea that possibly the that what's his name is kind of making some stuff up the this yeah. the crow might be making there a is uh there is an intrigue upon intrigue <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that'll be cool to see um but yeah it was a it was a pretty enjoyable episode a little bit slow but i'm curious to see where it's going to be going next i'm trying to think if i had any questions from it for you um who uh, uh like at this point in the show which character were you most invested in was it still the hero yeah, so at this point, I mean, I definitely am still um, in the Shofu Khand camp, but yeah. I mean, our two new our two new heroes, as it were. Oh yeah, um, uh, Egon Sinyo and Kankaku. Those both are great, especially uh, Kankaku, the the boy with the spear, because he sort of is going to be the uh, comic like relief yeah. of, the, of the series going forward. That's but, what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he is a great warrior in his own right, and he will have some really good action scenes. Oh, that's good. I always it, it disappoints him when comic relief characters all the joke is just how inept they are. So I'm glad to hear that's oh, not going to be his he whole. He is. Stick. He is incredibly apt. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's just something incredibly cool about a one-eyed loner who who says few words and has a giant bow that guy's just like that's a textbook for cool character um everything about that guy is cool um his voice everything he says that is just one cool guy so i was i was impressed with him 
shooting arrows yeah, into yeah. this guy. He, he is he is definitely one of these out characters, but we still have more people to recruit to go, uh, which we will find out in the next episode, uh, The Woman in Night Devil Forest. Uh, but, so, uh, I do want to talk about one thing in particular, which we will constantly be bringing up during the during the course uh-huh. of the series, at, at, at least through about the first half of it, um, as they are basically gathering this fellowship, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to go after the sword, the fellowship of the sword. <laughs> uh, yes. So, Brian, you are a big fan of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. I Tolkien am. Or whatever. Um, whereas, and I'm not like the biggest fan. Like, I recognize that he's brilliant, and it's just that the st- it's just that his stories do nothing really for me. Sure. But this does so much for me. That's funny because <laughs> they're really similar in a lot of yeah. ways. So. You basically can now see the beginnings of them setting up this fellowship, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it really is like, you know, no big surprise that like, you know, the bowman and the spear guy are are like, you know, going to be part of the fellowship going forward. Nah. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Yeah. So I actually want your thoughts on because see, like, because I sort of feel that like uh, beginning with the Lord of the Rings and sort of in like a lot of fantasy stories. Like, whenever a group is formed to go do something, like, they usually go to, like, a central place, and then they sort of, like, recruit people, and then they and then they get a group, and then move on from there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's sort of like they are picking up people along the way. Right. It's just kind of like a traveler's tale. Like, it's just he walks yeah. along a path, and people can... There's a very, like, classic kind of fairy tale vibe to it almost like wizard of oz or something of just like walking yes. along the path and as you go more people kind of just start tagging along by happenstance i think it feel yeah. it fits the overall vibe of very very much which i kind of set up with the buddhist statue of just like this guy walking through a forest which i like that they're keeping that going for now um yeah rather than just, um mm-hmm. which this series actually is uh because i mean like you know since it is a it, i mean like it is based heavily in sort of like in sort of like um uh, chinese myth Mm-hmm. Um, which basically takes us all the way back to Journey to the West, which is sort of ah, like, yeah, because, because sort of like, um, because here in the West, we sort of have like, you know, like, um, uh, the hero's journey yep. as sort of like, as sort of like the template for all sort of like stories involving like, you know, somebody going on a journey to complete some task. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Journey to the West is sort of like the Asian version of that. Right. Which is sort of like a character who is at best like um uh, at at best like indifferent and at worst sort of you know like a jerk mm-hmm. sort of forced into being the hero and then basically like and then like and then like as they gain more companions along their journey their companions soften them more and more until they finally become the hero they were meant to be yeah it's like it's similar but some key distinctions there as well so yeah, it's it's been cool to see. So, is this is this your favorite telling of that type of tale? Uh, I guess for me, yeah. I mean, like yeah. you know, I've definitely not like read all of them or seen all of them, but mm-hmm. of all the because I did take a uh, I did take a class in college on Taoism, and we had to read Monkey because ah. uh, since since Monkey is the uh, I guess the English name for Journey to the West, yeah, uh, as it's normally called here. Uh, and I mean, it definitely is like I mean. It it is a Taoist work, but it's also like a Buddhist work, and it's also just sort of like once you read that, like every every like every like fantasy 
like narrative in anime begins to sort of like <laughs> make sense because they all sort of follow like the same format. Right. Exactly. Of sort of like of sort of the like unwilling hero who becomes more willing as they gain like more companions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I think I like I think I like that more over the idea of like a hero basically like uh dreaming of, of adventure hero, like having to do mostly everything themselves oh yeah but perhaps like you know having like you know like they have um uh, these companions but their companions like don't so much like lift them up as more or less like their companions sort of like just sort of like do their own thing and maybe the hero is is inspired by them yeah but it's not so much like it it never feels as much of a collaborative like yeah like you know like like task Mm -hmm. uh specifically because i mean like you know i recall i mean granted it's been forever since i've actually read the books but i know that also in the movie as well sort of like you know like with frodo and sam i mean they do get separated but it basically turned into like you know this just just you know them going off by themselves yeah no it absolutely did it was the two of them by the end um and a really focus on that one specific relationship i also find it's slightly different in that i mean frodo is a little bit different from this but if you look at someone like luke from star wars or so many like fantasy western fantasy sure, books yeah. it's a kid dreaming of adventure like the thing is it's the kid who always wanted to go off on adventure eventually forced out of their hometown but typically they feel destined for a great uh life etc and i kind of like this format more where you have like the the guy who just wants nothing to do with it um yeah and is forced into it by happenstance. I find that a little more fun because it 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 just creates more conflict around the character, and there's more. Uh, I find the the tr journey of not wanting to do something to wanting to do something more interesting than the one of just being naive to experienced, which is often as far as a hero's journey will go with it. Yeah, which is also might make more sense to you as to why I prefer the Hobbit yeah uh, the hobbit books, is that mm -hmm. is basically just because in that book with bilbo he is the most unwilling of heroes it's great but then but then due to his journey the dwarves and gandalf and all of them basically like mold him and shape him into a hero yeah it's a lot more similar to this type of story than uh than hero's journey so that's true which also well although it could also just be because i'm sort of obsessed with that um with that song and in the animated movie about them breaking his plates and stuff. Oh, that's really good too. You know, yeah. lots of character <laughs> development in that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Should I, uh, should I go into my haiku? Yes. Yes. Uh, if you were just joining us, uh, why go back and listen to the first one. <laughs> uh, but if you are though, Brian is bringing a haiku every episode to describe his thoughts and feelings on the episode. Yep. So that I am, I, each time I choose a different character, uh, and we see if Zachary can guess which character I'm talking about. I totally forgot about that based part. Based on the haiku. Uh, <laughs> right, yes. Yes. I totally forgot about that part of it where I have to guess. Yes. So okay, last, yes, week was, uh, last week was the, what is it, a snow crow? Uh, austere snow crow, Rinsetsuwa. Yes. There you go. I don't think this one will be hard to guess either, but here we go. <clears throat> he has one eyeball. <laughs> he is cool and doesn't talk, except when he does. Wow, uh, Aegon Senyo, the keen-eyed sharpshooter. You got it, Zach. You're, yeah. you're two for two, doing ding, well. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding. Ding, ding, So tell me your thoughts on sharpshooter. Going back to seeing his origins again after, you know, 
you've probably seen him die. I don't know what happens to him. I'm just <laughs> guessing he dies. Um, but what do you think going back to this? Like, what do you think of his introduction? What do you think of the character? Uh, yeah. So it's actually really interesting in the context of the entire series, just because of. Uh, and I'm trying and and I'm trying to keep this as like as like spoiler free as mm-hmm. as possible for you. Uh, it's really interesting, just of like how they present him when they first uh in, in, when they first like introduce him and sort of like and how everybody around him perceives him because because like you know like because like uh, except for our protagonist like everybody knows who he is yeah like this is a guy um who has at least you are meant to assume that he has a history and possibly a pile of corpses under his name mhm yeah, he's the famous guy. He's the cool guy. But the fun thing is, as a viewer, we have no idea why he's famous. I mean, I, I assume it's because he shoots people with arrows. But <laughs> That's a pretty good guess. Everyone is privy to knowledge except us. <laughs> yes. Which is what the series will do for a while. It, because, like, you know, this series is still about building the team for now. Yeah, exactly. And the, the character we're following is a character who's not from this place. So Yes. Exactly. And he has no idea who who anybody is he does not want to be part of this team that apparently he is mm-hmm. being roped into against his will <laughs> yep <laughs> pretty much and what do you what is like your favorite aspect of this character of uh of the sharpshooter um i can't say yet <laughs> okay gotcha yeah that would be a big spoiler if i actually mentioned the part of him that i that i enjoy the most gotcha i'm curious find out in due time i'm curious if this is going to be a true equivalent to the fellowship we kind of have our gandalf role we have our comic relief like the hobbits we have our our hero who you call could say is like the frodo um and i'm curious if we're going to have a boromir equivalent if we're going to have you know the traitor of the party the person right, who yeah. uh who ends up uh, betraying their cause for for whatever other goal he has and who that might be. I could see it being the sharpshooter, but I uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of see him more as like Aragorn right now, the kingly guy who uh, is all cool and has all the fun action scenes. Uh, but we'll yeah. see. I'm curious to see how, part, how big this party gets, gets to be. I don't know how many puppets they want to animate at once. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, uh, so... That is this week's episode, yeah. episode two, Attack of the Jean Guizong. Uh, yep. Sorry that there's not a lot happening in this one. This nope. one is mostly about, this is still more about interesting characters setting up uh, plot threads that will be resolved far later down the road. Mm-hmm. So make sure <laughs> to join us. We are still in the setup phase, which is sort of the, uh, what I find to be the fun part um, of television is that you do have the time yeah. to set up characters and to set everything up before you actually get really into the meat of the narrative. So what's your teaser for next episode? What's something we can look forward to from... So next episode, we have the woman in Night Devil Forest. Um, you might have seen her in the opening by now. She is the woman with the horns. Mm-hmm. She is a she's a demon who remains from the War of Fading Dusk. Ooh, that's cool. I have, We have not heard much about that war except demons. Bad. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's a demon who was from that time. Nice. And she is still on Earth. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing what she's up to. Hopefully she'll join the party. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It reminds me of playing like Japanese RPGs or something. And you'd see a character with a really cool outfit and you're like, ooh, I bet they're going to be a party member. <laughs> exactly. I love doing that. Uh, I and mean, then, yep. Then you get yeah, a boss I mean, fight I with would... them and it takes like all five of your party members to bring them down. And then they join their party and they're way weaker. 
it. I would literally do anything to get a JRPG based off of this show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it would be perfect. It would, yeah. Maybe it'll happen. But only if it's actually no. like stop motion with puppets. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. Uh, yep. I'm just now, I am now just sort of in my zone of like, man, what if? What if? <laughs> yep. All right. And well, what thank if you. you tuned in next week? What or if? actually in two weeks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for us to talk about next, episode next three, week. which a lot more happens in that one, so we'll have more to talk about. Sounds good. But, and meanwhile, until then, yep. Uh, be sure to uh, check out Crunchyroll, uh, our uh, official unofficial sponsor, uh, mm-hmm. to watch episode three. You can watch it there for free because it's now part of the free streaming. You just have to, you just have to deal with with ads. So many I'm ads. Sure the, are there actually a lot of ads? So many ads. Yeah. yeah, I've been a premium member for like for like five years now. So like I've actually like I've actually like never seen ads. Yep. I let me tell you about the Energizer Bunny Zachary. He's a <laughs> funny little dude. <laughs> At least it's not as bad as um, the other big like um, uh, anime streaming site is Daisuke.net, and mm-hmm. they actually pull like they pull like they pull like like local ads so mm. like i was watching an anime a few years ago and there was like an ad for like a, a local car dealership oh which was yeah. very weird <laughs> yeah i mean they do they kind of do that around here there were last time when i was watching death note originally they had a bunch of ads for heb with like one of the players of the houston football team in it it was a terrible ad but <laughs> yeah it was definitely at least somewhat targeted because, you know, I'm so yep. into that Houston football. <laughs> yep. As you all know it here on Spotty T, we are nothing but anime, hating mm-hmm. anime, and football. And football. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that that's it for this week. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. Thank you for showing up. Thank you, Brian, for mm-hmm. sticking with it. Uh, yes. I assume, oh, I hope that we will be able to keep up uh, with this. Yes. Me too. I, I really, really do think that you're going to, by the end of this, be like, Yep, I'm all in, Zach. Let's go. Let's just waiting with me for the next season. <laughs> Time for Spotty T uh, season three, where we watch through this again and just yeah, exactly. talk about each episode a second time. Yes, I look forward to but it. But with that, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye.